Okay. So, um, and I'm in, in Portland. So, um, yeah, we're just gonna, we're not even gonna have friends over. We're just gonna like throw a turkey breast in the oven and like call it a day. <laughs> nice. As casual as it gets. Exactly. So where are you now? Yeah. So we're in Portland, Oregon. Um, and yeah, we've been here for like, what is it? Since 2014, uh, since like July 14. So, uh, yeah, six, six years ish. Cool. Six how do you, and a half years. How do you like Portland? Oh, I love it. We, we absolutely love it up here. It's like, um, you get actual seasons. So like right now it's like cold and rainy. Um, the spring is amazing. Summers are hot. Um, and then, yeah, the like fall is just gorgeous. There's just, it's so lush. There's so many trees and like moss everywhere. Yeah. Um, that like when the trees start to turn, it's just like, do you like amazing? And all you want to do is like have a like hot apple cider with rum in it and like, you know, cozy up in your couch yeah. and look outside your window. Yeah. How cold does it get there? Does it snow in Portland? Yeah, so it'll snow anywhere between January and March, but typically very little. Like, I think one of the, like, worst years, which was, like, four years ago, three years ago or something. Yeah. There was, like, a foot of snow. Um, okay. So I, I think that's typically as worse as it gets, and it'll last, you know, it'll it'll come down for, like, a few days, and if it's really bad, it'll last for, like, a week or two. Yeah. Um, everything kind of shuts down because the city's not really meant to handle it. Um, yeah, you get like one inch of snow and everyone like freaks out. Yeah, every, like I think that year that was really bad. We actually like borrowed plows from Seattle because um, we just like didn't have the equipment to like handle snow. Yeah. It's just really weird. No, on the East Coast, there's a lot of uh, cities like that, um, you know, especially more toward the South. Uh, they get like an inch of snow and Pretty much the city goes on lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So why don't you start by just giving an intro, um, you know, your name, everything, uh, introduce yourself to people, and then uh, kind of what you do, and yeah, what it, kind of the floor is yours. Sweet. Yeah. So my name is Freddie Carthy. Um, I'm a software engineer. I've been doing this for about 10 years or so. Um and I've traditionally mostly focused on front end stuff. Um, you know, over, over the past year, I've been much more full stack. Um, but historically, I've been, you know, early days, you know, like jQuery. Oh, there's my cat. <laughs> early days, like jQuery world. Um, and then sort of like moved on to Backbone, um, dabbled in Ember, yeah. um, and eventually landed um, in React. Um, yeah, I've, uh, I currently work at Twitter. I'm a senior engineer at Twitter. I've been there for about a year since last December. Um, I work uh, on a team called customer experience apps. We, um, we own and support a lot of the tools that, um, that advertisers use to create their advertising campaigns on Twitter. So, Okay. Um, like creating promoted tweets and sort of like setting their budgets for and their audiences for, you know, who those tweets are going to show up. Yeah. Um, and, uh, cool. Yeah. I'll, so I guess I'll, I'll cool. ask first, since you were, you know, kind of, uh, start out using jQuery and a lot of the lower level stuff, 
how do you feel about React and all of the newer front-end fr uh, frameworks? I actually used Ember, too. Uh, and it seems like, I don't know where Ember's at right now, but it seems like uh, React is even more um, kind of lightweight to use and more modern to use than Ember. Um, maybe more mature is the word, I don't know. But what do you, what do you think about all of the new front-end frameworks? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, this, this stuff seems to sort of like almost like reset and change every like five years. There's like some new paradigm, right? Yeah. Um, but I think the great thing about React, at least the way that I see it, I'm, I'm totally biased just because that's, you know, that's that's what I like. That's what I've been working on for, for a long time. Um, but I like that mostly you're just writing JavaScript, right? Like there's no, like, sure, there's like some, um, like, conventions and and some like built-in stuff that comes with react yeah but but you're largely just writing like plain javascript and it's um you know come you know again coming from like backbone world and ember world um and jquery world it's um it's just it, it's a breath of fresh air for me just to be able to like just focus on the business like, logic on, stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, it's got a, a obviously a, a huge community behind it. And um, I think, you know, currently it's like the default, if, you know, looking at what companies are looking for out there as far as like requirements for a job that that tends to be the number one thing right now. Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely a hot topic. And I see a lot of movement uh, JavaScript into the Web3 world as well. So I guess we'll see uh, how that all unravels. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I have not dabbled with Web3 at all yet. Um, I'm, I'm sort of like, I'm curious about it and I'm, I'm interested. Um, but, you know, there's, again, there, there's only so many hours in the day and it's like, yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, know, I got, I've got two kids. Um, you know, I've got plenty of things to keep me busy, uh, throughout the day that I yeah. just, I have not been able to like dive in and just like play. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, um, whenever I do go into web three, it's going to be like full heads down mode. Um, yeah. I don't think I could, you know, play around with, with, uh, I don't know what you want to call the opposite side web two. Um, but like, I I feel like I don't want to spend 50% of the time doing Web3 stuff and understanding that uh, opposed to the stuff I'm doing now. I feel like once I transfer over to Web3, it's like over for me. Like I'm completely, um, you know, into Web3. Yeah, I can understand that. And it, it'll be interesting to see um, sort of like the, um, the, like there's so many companies already that are, I guess, not requiring Web three, but sort of like that's that's something that they're interested in, and they're starting to. Yeah, like, you can see on job postings all through like Glassdoor, Indeed, or whatever. Yeah. Like all of these companies are hiring uh, Web three teams, so you know a lot of you know R and D is probably going into this. Exactly, it, 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 I think it'll reach at some point, and and it, we're, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but like I feel like. Um, there, there's going to be like some sort of like tipping point, some oversaturation or whatever you want to call it, where it's like now that's, you know, that's if you want to work in, in web.
Wow, so I don't know what happened there. We're still recording, but I'm going to blame it on my friend. I'm in his apartment in San Diego, so I'm going to blame his Wi-Fi. Yeah, no worries, man. Sorry, but yeah, that was a good discussion. Uh kind of sucks that cut out there. Uh, I think we were just going over how teams are spinning up uh, Web3 positions and, you know, doing their respective R&D. Yeah, yeah, and I was just kind of saying, it'll, it'll be interesting to see sort of like what the like when the tipping point sort of eventually comes, I do think eventually there'll be a point where like that it'll be difficult to find a job in web without knowing web three. Um, uh, so I, I, I don't know when that'll be, if it'll be in, you know, 10 years or, or 15 years, yeah. but I eventually will, we'll probably reach a point like that. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's, you know, maybe it's sooner than we think just sort of like at the exponential rate that these things sort of tend to grow and, and the, the amount of interest um, that's behind it. Yeah. But I, I have an opinion about it. I don't know anything about it, but I have an opinion about it. <laughs> yeah, if you want to go more into detail. I was just going to ask, I know Twitter is pretty open uh, on, you know, stuff that they're doing with Web3. I think I saw the other day they're trying to do something with an NFT market or something like that on Twitter. Yeah, um, I certainly don't know enough to like speak intelligently about it. Yeah, uh, but we did sort of announce, or I guess release a white paper on um, sort of this like decentralized exchange idea. Um, and uh, and and it, yeah, recently we've also hired um, sort of like a head of like Twitter crypto um, to kind of figure out how Twitter can sort of leverage yeah. um, technology um, and uh, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see sort of like what, what comes of it and, and how, um, how Twitter sort of evolves and, and, and looks to take advantage of it yeah. um, over the coming years. I, I really, it's super early. I really don't know, yeah. you know, what we're doing over there, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm super interested in what Jack Dorsey is going to end up doing with uh, Twitter um, because, you know, obviously he's very interested in all of the web three stuff. Um, it's just, I don't know. I think he's, you know, kind of a good, uh, leader in this space, hopefully. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think a lot of stuff is exciting. is going to come from Twitter. Um, and the other day I, I was on a Twitter spaces where they were the, whoever the employees were, uh, it was like head of development or something. They were going into, you know, opening opening up the API for developers to be able to build more things within Twitter. Uh, so it's going to, you know, create a more loose environment with Twitter. Um, and, yeah, I'm just excited to see what comes from that. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I've been meaning to check out the new um, developer tools that, that came out recently as well. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's exciting to see... <clears throat> Sort of like the the focus on 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 that space for sure. Yeah, um, I'll be curious to see how it all plays out for sure. Cool. Um, well, do you work on any side projects? What what else do you like to do besides programming? Or are there any other projects you build on the side? So I really like. I think over the past year, I've put a lot of focus on um, like my own personal blog and, and newsletter and, and which largely 
revolve around sort of like helping engineers kind of like be like grow and, and just become better engineers from a soft skills perspective. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, um, started up some office hours, which have been really amazing. Um, I've had some really amazing conversations with, um, with engineers and, and aspiring engineers throughout the world. Um, what platform do you and, hold the office hours on? I just, um, I just have a calendar invite with uh, Google meet. Um, and oh, I wow. just have folks like schedule, like I just have like, um, you know, a schedule throughout the week that, that with like open slots and anybody can go on there and do you promote that um, on Twitter or on your, what's that? how do you promote that on your uh, Twitter account through your uh, subscription emails? So I primarily just put it on my website and then every once in a while, I'll just like send out a tweet reminding people that if anybody wants to like chat, whether it's like about finding a, you know, finding work or yeah. um, like career development stuff or whatever, um, I'll just like promote it there. And, and usually I'll get like a few people sign up. I tend to have like maybe one or two, um, just one or two engineers a week that are curious about stuff and either they just want to like, you know, they just want to learn about my, my journey or they want to yeah. learn like how they can interview better or, you know, what, what they should be learning or focusing on that, that sort of, that sort of thing. Or like maybe they have an interview coming up and they need a little bit of help, like preparing and, and sort of like figuring out what they might, um, sort of be presented with at the interview. And yeah, that's the sort of conversation that I've been having and it's, it's been great. That's an awesome concept. I'm sure you're helping a lot of developers. Um, I even reached out to you over one of your blog posts on transferring from more of a junior role to senior. Um, cause it's, I feel like it's not talked a lot, uh, especially in the companies that I've been like, of course you're, you know, you have meetings with your manager and they, they kind of go over, you know, what they would like to see for you to become a senior engineer. Um, but to me, it, there was never like a blueprint given to me. It's like, oh, you know, uh, be more of a leader, um, own a certain area of the code base and kind of like more general things. Um, but right. I, I don't think I've ever been, you know, given a blueprint uh, from a manager, or, you know, a mentor within the company of like, you know, these are specific things that you can do uh, to help you you know, um, escalate to the position of a more senior role. Uh, and I like that you went over those soft skills because I think a lot of the time people look over those soft skills and that's something that I've been paying more attention to over time. Um, I don't know if this is a blanket statement, but like, I feel like the less time I focus on code, the more, impact I give to the business because I'm spending more time understanding the business value of things and understanding right. context from different teams, uh, whatever that might be. Um, and you know, once I gain the understanding as a business sense, I can go, you know, into the code and, um, and do that kind of thing. But yeah, that's kind of my take on it. What's, what do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the interesting thing is that, it's unfortunate that you've never been given like a, like you mentioned, sort of like a blueprint or in, a, in other words, a career ladder or something that you can lean on to, 
um, to sort of know what your employer expects out of each level, mm-hmm. right? Um, that I think is incredibly helpful for yourself to like understand. Um, one is like what the what the company values at each level and what what they're expecting you to do. Um, but but also sort of like when review time comes, sort of like give you something to like um, to keep them honest as well, right? It's like a, it's like it's almost like a contract. Like a two-way street. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 a really difficult thing because every company seems to effectively have a completely different standard for what a junior, mid, or senior engineer is. Um, I can certainly say that, you know, my last company where I was at for like five and a half years, I was there, you know, I, I was there as a mid-level for like three years. And then I became um, an engineering manager for about two years. Um, and then I went back to see, I, I, you know, because of COVID, we had some layoffs and, you know, a lot of the team was, was let go which was super sad. Um, and you know, at that point I, I was lucky enough to stick around and, and I didn't really have a team to manage. So I went back to engineering and that's when I became a senior engineer. But I can say with certainty that the standards there for being a senior, senior engineer at a small startup was like, you know, I don't know, one 20th of <laughs> what Twitter sort of like expects out of a senior engineer. Yeah. Um, and so, like for me, when I came on the Twitter, so like when you say, when you say one one twentieth, do you mean like skill wise? Do you mean effort wise, or just kind of everything? Is there any anything in particular you mean there? I w- so yeah. So I think overall, I kind of mean like the responsibilities and what you're expected to to do, like what 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 entail, like on paper, what you should be doing as a senior engineer. Okay. Um, leading projects, mentoring, right? Like. Uh, writing documentation, writing like technical documents, um, you know, uh, bringing consensus consensus across teams. Um, so like having a really good understanding of like dozens of systems. Um, you know, that that was a very different experience than what my last place was, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think it's it's definitely. Obviously, it's a hot topic. Like, you know, what 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 is a senior engineer, and you know, how do you become one? But at the end of the day, it's like it just it's very different depending on where you work. Um, but I think the the things that are certainly um, there, I'll caveat that by saying that there's certainly a lot of common themes. Um, like the each place might have very different requirements, right? Like the technology is different. Maybe they have. Um, like different standards for how much you should be contributing or, or things like that. But there's like other themes that are very consistent throughout, right? Which are the thing that I always talk about, which are the soft skills, right? It's like, how do you communicate? Yeah. And how do you like report progress and how do you um, fact find and how do you yeah. document stuff and how do you like, um, you know, how do you talk and bring consensus across teams? Um, things that aren't necessarily writing code, 
Yeah. And yeah. 100%. Those are the things that I found that when I lean on, I, like you said, you know, I end up, um, sort of like finding success. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I, I think you're right. Like there is definitely a common theme of like that communication skill that you need. Um, and in my position recently, I've definitely found, um, different ways to communicate. And sometimes you have to figure out which ways are best for your team. Um, like something that I've never really done before, I guess because I was always in person or I was always closely attached to my teams. Um, I've been sending out emails like on Fridays, on Mondays, just to give constant updates on, you know, how our uh, project is looking are there any roadblocks, uh, you know, time on stuff like that, just to get, keep everyone in the loop. Uh, and that actually, it's been a real help for us and a real help for me. Um, so I think, uh, I guess wrapping that up is just generally saying, you know, there, find the different ways to communicate and figure out which, which is best for your environment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also communication comes in like many different forms, right? So it's like, how, how do you communicate during your daily standup and how do you, um, you know, write documentation and yeah. how do you give feedback in a PR? Yeah. Um, like all, all of those things are sort of like under the umbrella of communication. Yeah. And, um, you know, and how do you, how do you pair with, with other engineers when you're trying to work on a problem together? Right. Yeah. Um, there's so many, there's so many things that fall under communication and, and each of them, are kind of like their own little special skill, but, but at the, at the end of the day, like they, you know, you're kind of rated on, do you communicate well? You know, are you a good communicator? Yeah. Um, so it's like, there's lots of ways to like improve that skill. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, can I sit in front of a camera and talk to 10 people, um, effectively, you know? Yep. Yeah. I definitely agree. Um, Maybe the your office hours are would be a good um, thing to go over that more if anyone else has questions or is interested in that topic. Oh yeah, I, I love talking about that stuff. So yeah. if anybody wants to sign up, I'm I'm definitely open. Cool. Uh, so we came on a little late. Uh, I'm not sure how much more time you have. Five, ten minutes. Uh, you need to yeah, I've got a couple more minutes. All right. Cool. Uh, is there anything that has been on your mind recently of any current events or new technology you're into or anything that's been on your mind? Um, you know, I, I think mostly, um, I've been really curious about, I, I haven't messed with it yet. I think they recently just released it, but, um, uh, React Remix was something that recently was going open source. Yeah. I saw um, Catherine post that somewhere. Yeah, and uh, they just hired um, Kent Dodds as part of the team. Um, Who's that? And have, um, yeah, so they, they've got you know they got a, a, the heavyweights, if you if you will, okay. of the React community okay. um, uh, working on that project. So I, I I'm super curious to see what comes of that. Now that they have some funding and they can open it up for free. Um, so it'll is be, it is it built on top of React? It's, it's a React framework, um, and I've never used it before, so I don't, I don't know, like, the super nitty-gritty specifics, but I know, like, I read a, an article from, um, 
from Natter, uh, um, he wrote, wrote it like a year ago, kind of like going over um, some of the pros and cons. And it just, it seems super interesting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's something that I've been meaning to like play around with and, yeah. um, and see how it goes. I've been, lately I've been, you know, my website is built on, um, on Next.js and, um, and deployed on Vercel, but Vercel, Vercel, I never know how to pronounce it. But it's, so um, it's actually funny. Um, the job I'm at now, we, we work out of a WeWork in San Francisco. And mm-hmm. there was a company in the big corner spot next to us. And I never knew who they were. Um, and then we used Vercel too. And we were planning on attending the conference. And we noted, like, we noticed as the conference was getting closer and closer, the company next to us was getting more busy. Um, and then I figured out that, uh, you know, they pretty much run out of that office. So uh, oh. I've seen, yeah, I've seen the CEO of Versal run in and out a couple of times, which was cool. Um, but yeah, so I know it's pronounced Vercel only because I, I've heard them talking here and there. So <laughs> definitely <laughs> settled then. Yeah. I finally know. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, uh, what's it called? Remixes, the React framework? It's just Remix. Yeah. Remix. React Remix. Yeah. That, have you used uh, the GitHub autopilot yet? No, I haven't. Um, I know we've like, um, given Catherine a lot of, uh, like jabs about that, but yeah. I, I, I haven't, I haven't used it yet. Have you used it? I have not. I, it seems super interesting and pretty wild, but I'm uh, confused on its limitations. Can, can it do like how much, how much can it do? I, you know, I don't know, but based on the examples, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, and you know, I imagine that they're like iterating on that, you know, quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, it's pretty ingenious. I mean, you know, having, you know, GitHub being such a massive repository for like millions and millions and millions of projects, um, to be able to like see how people write code and, and sort of like make, make these, you know, predictions on what people might, you know, sort of like AI driven predictions on what people might mean to do when they write something yeah. thing yeah. Um, is, is pretty genius. Yeah. Pretty wild stuff. Uh, hopefully I can dig into remix and GitHub autopilot more. Um, for sure. But yeah, thank you for your time today. I appreciate you coming on and just having this discussion with me. Um, Hopefully we could get a part two sometime. Uh, I'll definitely yeah, post. No, sure. Yeah, I'll definitely post a link to your office hours or whatever uh, you want to point at. To I think it's an awesome thing you're doing to help other engineers and stuff like that. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch up soon. All right. Sounds good. All right. See ya. See you, Freddie.